Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is an exciting edition of Meet the Missionary because this is one of the most unique missionaries stories that uh, that we have gotten to share, I think. It's true. I'm Especially when we, you know, bump in with African French music. <laughs> hymns. Hymns. Uh, a Mighty Fortress en Francais. Mm-hmm. You know it's going to be a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Concordia <laughs> University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us in studio this morning, the musical missionary, Philip Magnus, music specialist serving the Lord in West and Central Africa. Good morning, Phil. Good morning. It's a, a joy to have you in studio and to learn about uh, how the Lord has you serving in West and Central Africa. Tell us a little bit about, well, we'll get to that. Tell us a bit about the piece that we just heard as we were coming into the program. What you just heard was a recording of students of mine in Congo, Brazzaville, um, who were learning A Mighty Fortress. They are Lutherans and a church body that dates back to the early 90s. And so they don't know a lot of the hymns that um, Lutheranism sings around the world, but they're eagerly receiving this um, astonishingly rich heritage that we have as Lutheran Christians. And uh, as you can hear, they're uh, singing the Lord's song joyfully. Now, you mentioned these are your students singing. <laughs> what brings you to uh, uh, the Lutheran Church in Congo and, and to, uh, to these students? Tell us about the connection of being a music specialist. Well, I just refer to them uh, as my students because they call me teacher, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, we have workshops. Uh, sometimes I teach at our uh, seminary in Dapong, Togo. I've also done workshops in Lome, Togo, and uh, a couple in Congo, Brazzaville. I've also taught English-speaking Africans uh, in South Africa, but most of my work is with a Francophone Africa, parce que je parle français. And there are not many uh, Lutheran church musicians and music educators and our synod that are French capable. So <laughs> mm-hmm. this is how I got convinced to uh, do this on a more regular basis. I was going for two or three weeks every year or two, and now I'm going to be going for a month at a time, three times a year. That's so exciting. Um, let's let's take a step back um, and and uh, share some stories about uh, your experience as a church musician. You have you have a lot of history. Um, <laughs> I, that was did not. That, that sounds. Was, that that sounds was not great. meant to sound terrible. Um, <laughs> no, no. Every cantor has a history. That's sure, a great sure, so, line. I'm going to use that at my cantorology retreat. We have this little group of guys that get together. I'm going to say, "Oh, here's our theme. Every cantor has a history." <laughs> Share some stories, though, about uh, what led you to to this place of of uh, teaching people hymnody and and why it's so important to you to do this. Well, yeah, uh, hymns teach the faith. Uh, they want to sing. Uh, the songs of the church for the same reason that you do, mm-hmm. the same reason that our listeners want to sing the songs. Um, they, When our pastors preach to us, they preach faith into our hearts. That's C.F.W. Walther. And I like to say, when we sing hymns and psalms and spiritual songs to one another, we sing faith into each other's hearts. 
Um, so for the same reason that uh, Lutherans in North America or Latin America or Europe value um, our hymn tradition, uh, it's the same reasons there. Hymns are a way in which the faith is taught. They are a way in which um, uh, we build each other up in the gospel. And we also join our voices together and unite as a church. Now just think about what a... Um, a hindrance it would be to living in community together if every church had their own songs and there was no crossover. So whenever you went from Decatur, Illinois to Peoria, it was a whole different liturgy, <laughs> whole different songbook, you know, nothing in common. Um, so there's also that uniting, which we, uh, which, you know, and the divine service gives us a foretaste of, uh, as, as, as part of its um, whole ethos. We are united in Christ and our voices are joined with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, as we uh, joyfully remember here in uh, the, the, the glow of St. Michael and all angels uh, this past Sunday. And, um, you know, so there is that um, universality of the church, and the Congolese want to be part of that as well. Yes, they, some people say, well, do they have their own music? Well, of course they have their own music. We have our own music too, but just as we enjoy singing, Christ has arisen, alleluia, from Tanzania, um, or just as we enjoy singing, alabare, alabare, they want to also unite their voice. And so there is a, uh, there is a global um, song that the church sings, but they don't have that history because they are new church bodies. Um, I like to say or point out, it's like when you're baptized and converted, you don't automatically know how to sing all the psalms. You have to be taught. Um, you don't really know how to worship. You have to be taught. And um, so that's really part of the teaching ministry that I, that I have is to go there. I have a story, but I'm, I'm, I'm sensing that, that Andy wants to say something here. Well, you can share your story. I have another question, but I can save it. Share your story. All right, because I, I, I want to circle back now and tell the story of how I got involved go. in this, because that's what Sarah asked. Okay, <laughs> every cantor has a history. I'm sitting in my desk at a, at a, one of the parishes I served in Chicago, and I get this email, and it is from cantor Jonathan Mueller, who mm -hmm. was at St. John's Wheaton at the time, mm -hmm. and he shared a video of his teaching at the seminary in Da Pong. And it was sort of the same experience. I mean, I had the same experience that I hope some of the listeners had when they tuned in and they hear "Set Rampa" with you know with the, with the toms going, and it's like, oh, this is cool. It's a mighty fortress, but it's in French and it's got African rhythm. Well, he was sharing "Dearest Jesus, We Are Here," and I'm listening to all these Africans sing this you know wonderful baptism hymn, and. Um, and I'm like, this is really cool. And then he goes on to explain about the the, the need for um, for fundraising to support the missionaries and the teaching work that's going on there. And um, so I get all excited and I rattle him back an email. I rattle back the email in French because I assume he's French speaking and I'm like firing on all cylinders like, wow, I didn't know you were in Africa. I didn't know you spoke French. And you know? also like, you know, so I so I write this two hours later, I get an email back from Jonathan. Phil. I don't speak French. <laughs> so I'm like, how did you do this? I had a translator. Must have taken a while. Yes, the work goes pretty slowly. Well, I could be a lot more efficient doing this. So um, anyway, I met with my district president, and he's like, you speak French and have a passport? We, oui. you know, <laughs> or in French, yes, way, oui, way. Oui. Anyway, so 
Anyway, that's the story of how I got connected to going to Africa and teaching music. Now, when you studied, when you learned French, when did you study French? Um, we have very good language programs um, at the uh, Texas public schools, particularly um, outside of NASA, where there is a good number of... Um, my dad was working at NASA, and between the petrochemical industry and the aerospace industries, uh, there are lots of French connections. There's actually a French uh, high school in Houston, uh, French banks. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, we're close to Louisiana. So, yeah, Spanish programs were excellent, of course. It was Texas, but I chose French, and um, I had very good French teachers. Uh, and then I had some Lebanese friends in college, so I continued to speak some. Hmm. So I'm not fluent. I'm not, uh, you know... Um, Courant, but I'm what we call capable, capable. So, Much um, more than a lot of the rest of us. <laughs> I'm okay with being dropped into a Franco country and I can get around. So, so you, you studied French in school and tell us about um, your music background as well. So now that we understand a little bit more about um, where you acquired the French language skills, as a musician, I know we only have, we have like two minutes in this segment. Two minutes in two, this segment. Two, three minutes in this segment. Um, is tell us about your background as a musician. You, because you, you've served in, in congregations as a director of parish music or as a cantor. Um, you serve currently here in the St. Louis area mm -hmm. at Concordia Lutheran at Concordia. Church mm -hmm. as a director of sanctuary worship. Tell us uh, a, a little bit more about the what what's shaped you, what's formed you as a musician, as a church musician. The school of hard knocks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to say I've got a I have a master's in piano performance from University of North Texas, where I also got my bachelor's. And um, you know, people say, "Do you have an advanced degree?" No, but I have a doctorate in the school of hard knocks. So you know, <laughs> you learn by mistakes and errors. I look back at what I. Um, the things I did in my first uh, church music uh, jobs and in my first cantrip in Peoria, and sometimes I shudder. But, you know, you make mistakes and you learn from them. I also went to a lot of conferences, a lot of workshops, um, self-taught, you know, a lot. So um, the story of how I got involved in this, I was directing the choir at the local community college teaching piano lessons. That was my job, taught music theory as well there. And Cheryl and I were singing in the choir at Hope Lutheran Church in Friendswood, Texas. Pastor calls me on the phone to let me know the choir director um, was going back to her home congregation in Galveston and was letting go of the choir. And my response, and this is back in my Texas days, so if I draw a little bit, just, you know, it's who I... Where I'm from. We have plenty of where listeners in Texas who right. would really. So, anyway, so, I, so I start going back to my. I speak Midwestern vague now, but uh, anyway, so I'm like, well, well, Pastor, that's uh, you know, that's really sad. But why are you calling me? <laughs> and uh, and uh, Pastor Hobrock, um he says, well, I'm calling you because we need you to take over the choir. <laughs> so, um, was that know. choir with a K and a W? Yes. Choir. <laughs> so, um, so he, he told me I needed to get myself into that choir loft. And uh, so that was the rest of the story. And he began the process of teaching me things that I had not learned by, you know, majoring in music at a secular university. So I learned a lot more about the liturgy and hymn selection. I started to go to ALCM conferences and I began to get more joy in serving uh, the church. Uh, so I also helped. I was the first musician at Epiphany Lutheran Church when they were a mission congregation in Pearland, Texas. So I would direct the choir at, or the choir at, um, uh, in Friendswood at eight. And then after the service was over, get in the car and go to Pearland, pray that the train would not be in the way. Uh, you know, then we'd do the 930 service there. 
Yeah, actually, I would leave when the choir was done. That's right. So the choir would sing before the sermon. That would give me time to go there. Then I would warm up a choir at 9 o'clock, divine service at 9.30, and then I'd have to get back quickly um, to meet the choir right at 11 o'clock for the late service at Hope. And I pulled that off for almost two years. And I'll, I'll still remember, though, the Sunday it kind of came to an end when I, the train came and I was late and the head elders looking at his watch as I come up to the balcony. It's like, you, you missed the, you know, you missed our prelude. We had to do that without you. So <laughs> anyway, um, but no, I, I wound up getting uh, just, you know, so much joy out of that. So I began to look for full-time church music jobs. And there was a position full-time at Trinity Lutheran Church in Peoria which was not restricted to called workers. I threw my hat in the ring, and thanks be to God, they decided to give me the position. So I had the cantorate at Trinity Peoria in seven years, cut my teeth, and went on and served uh, at Bethany Naperville and Trinity Tinley Park. Uh, we spent five years in Oklahoma, and now I'm here. And everywhere. You're not just here. <laughs> You're all over the place. You get to go to uh, to West and Central Africa as well and teach yeah. a beautiful hymnody and yes. and uh, the church's song there as well. Um, I want to share a little bit from a um, uh, setting of Psalm 27 Yes, um, this that you taught to mm -hmm. your students there. Um, any preview or anything you want to tell us before we play that and before we and then we'll come back. Uh, with We're another. going to have our little break mm -hmm. here. Yeah. Yeah, because I think we've gone a little over. So make sure, um, yeah, which which of these clips to play, I guess. This I'll... is Christ the King. Okay, so you do have the Christ the King mm -hmm. here. So this is where my students were at the second workshop I taught there. I taught them a setting of Psalm 27 that is in the French hymnal. Uh, we can talk about the French version of LSB later if there's time. Um, or you can have me back and I can tell people <laughs> how they can support this ministry by going to lcms.org forward slash Magnus. Um, so anyway, le, le Seigneur est ma lumière, uh, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So go ahead and just play that and then I'll talk about it after the break. Very good. You're listening to the Coffee Hour. Here's Psalm 27. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Take a look around you. Look closely. Immigrants in the United States and their U.S.-born children now number about 81 million people, or 26% of the population. So chances are there's someone right in your community who doesn't speak English as a first language and who doesn't know Jesus. The Lutheran Heritage Foundation can help by providing you with free Lutheran books translated into over 90 languages. See their complete list of catechisms and Bible storybooks at lhfmissions.org. Mm -hmm. 
You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Are we I, in Africa? I, it sounds like it. Oh, I love this. Uh, Psalm 27. Um, I, I want to talk more about this because we're talking with our missionary friend, Philip Magnus. He's music specialist serving the Lord in West and Central Africa. Now, before we went to break, you shared with us Psalm 27 as you had taught it to your students mm-hmm. uh, in, let's see, in Brazzaville. And this, is, and this is another parish in Brazzaville uh, across town. And there were a couple of people at the workshop. And here's a great example of how you teach something. And then if it takes hold and takes root, which much of the music does, and if some of it doesn't, that's fine. Um, But it just goes to, it's it's how they make it their own. And um, I played this clip for a friend of mine, a pastor friend who shall be nameless. And uh, his response when he saw what the, the, the St. Augustine, which I thought was just awesome, was like, oh, they're not doing it right. And I'm like, no, no, yes, they are. <laughs> they, they've made it their own. Uh, you know, so the tempo is a little faster than you would have gotten in France. And uh, more drums were added, and this really cool walking bass line got put in there. And um, yeah, so you know, so what what happens is, um, I teach at workshops, and there are pastors, uh, vicars, deaconesses, choir members, choir directors, and they get turned on to some things, and then certain things go viral. One of the fun things at the workshops is how many of the students have their cell phones, their their portable, Mm -hmm. and they're recording everything. I saw that in the Mm -hmm. videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and because they listen to it and they share it. And and so, um, and this is also how some of the parishes are able to sing some of the music on Sundays is because um, they will share during the week I got to um, just give a quick example. Um, typically, in the African parishes I visited, rather than the hymn of the day, that's the time where all the choirs in the parish share what they've worked on during the week. So you'll have, in some places, if it's a larger church, you might have the children's choir, you might have the men and boys choir, then you might have the older men's choir, then you might have the ladies' choirs, you might have four or five choirs. Everyone sings something. It's what they've prepared that week. Because they wow. get together and they have their and so they share something. So that, that kind of takes the place of the hymn of the day, and then these hymns, um, you know, they'll take them. For example, um, "Savior of the Nations Come" is proven to be pretty popular, mm-hmm. and it's it's just such a global, wonderful, you know, text. It goes back to the, the third, fourth century. Um, uh, melody is ancient, and it just translates across cultures really well. I've taught it to uh, Congolese, Togolese, Ethiopians. Um, I've taught. There were some Ethiopians in South Africa I taught it to, and they went gaga over it. Um, so the um, so I get a note from Pastor Mavungu in Congo Braza and just thanking me because it's, it was like first Sunday Advent a few years ago. And it's like my congregation saying, Savior of the Nations, come, which he knew originally from being in a Lutheran church in Paris when he was going to university. Hmm. And he's just so happy now that his parish knows this. And... <sighs> Just like in the United States, you know, there's a song, and then someone gets exposed to it, and then the choir director teaches it to the choir, the choir sings it for the congregation, and then the people, well, we want to sing it, so you do it again, and you start inviting the people on it. But then they have this additional aid, because um, they don't have hymnals in the parishes, at least most of them. Uh, there's a few where they'll be passed out and then collected again, because they're very precious. So, But they will use these recordings, and the people will listen, okay, the Savior of the Nations is coming up. 
you know, viens les dentro des nations is coming, you know, and so, uh, and the people kind of prepare for that. And um, so, anyway, it's just a really, it's a really, really cool thing. Yeah, the cultural differences between um, what what we may know in, in American Lutheran churches, um, it's it's different and yet it's not. Right. When you go into a different culture, because um, you know the, the the worship is going to seem similar and look similar, and you're going to maybe recognize the liturgy, especially if they have hymnals in some nature. Um, but it's going to have so many of those cultural influences that make you stop and realize that, that this is, and it's a different culture, but these are still brothers and sisters in Christ. And that is such a cool thing. Oh, um, it's wonderful. Because those, those services with four or five choirs instead of hymn of the day, I mean, those are what, like two, three hour? And two hour services yeah, generally. Yeah. Right. And Sometimes here, two I mean, and a half or three. We yeah. need to get to our football games. <laughs> but that's, Americans. I mean, it's, 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 I know, Americans. Um, but that's, it's 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 a different thing, for, and yet for and them. yet and yet the basic ordo at least you know, you, you if you go even if you were not to speak even if you don't speak French and you were to go with me, um, you would recognize and our Lutheran fathers would recognize oh this is Lutheran Church right exactly so yeah. you know because there's not the hymnals um, I not, not every parish does this but I've experienced on a couple of occasions. Where, okay, so it's the introit. Well, no one has the text. Mm -hmm. So the pastor will sing a melody, and then the people have another melody that they've learned, but they repeat the text. So mm -hmm. this is basically call and response. And they'll go through some scripture uh, before they sing a song of praise, and then they'll have uh, the, the readings, pericopal readings, and then in place of hymn of the day, the choral presentations. And uh, so, you know, creed, Lord's Prayer. Uh, and in a lot of places uh, now, because of the French hymnal, um, you have the you know, unity of the Sanctus and on you stay, and it's kind of cool, you know, knowing that you know, French-speaking mm -hmm. Lutherans in Togo and in Congo can sing, you know, sing the same Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Yeah, how important is that liturgy? Um, teaching them liturgy and uh, and hymnody in the life of the church across uh, Africa, across the places that, that you're, you're serving. Well, I like to circle back always to Colossians 3, Ephesians 5. We don't get a lot of worship instructions in Scripture, but we do get Paul in two places telling us to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. What are the spiritual songs? And there, you know, there's been a lot of debate over the years on that. I have my own answer. Uh, I'm sure others have the same answer. I just, you know, but uh, Norman Nagel um, uh, taught that when you see the word spiritual in Scripture, think of the Holy Spirit. Well, what songs are of the Holy Spirit? What do we know? I mean, there's, there's conjecture about, you know, well, maybe some people in the early church were, you know, divinely inspired, you know, glossolalia, so they improvised some songs, or, you know, maybe it's just people are praying. You know, I look at it this way. We can know for sure that the Holy Spirit, you know, because he inspired the Word of God, mm -hmm. that if the song is in Scripture— it is of the Holy Spirit. So when Mary bursts forth in the Magnificat, I say that's a spiritual song. Hmm. When we sing this is the feast, we have a spiritual song. John beholds this. So, And so when you look at the canticles of the liturgy, those are the spiritual songs. So if you follow the order of service, you have provision for hymns, you have provision for psalmody, and then the canticles are your spiritual songs. So that's that's how I how I view that. Um, we don't, um, you know, approach the the liturgy uh, legalistically. Uh, the the liturgy was made for man, not man for the liturgy. But if they don't know any spiritual songs, 
you know, we should teach them to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I find, for example, you know, as, as a liturgical educator, that there are some parts of some settings in the French hymnal that are easier. Mm-hmm. So I advocate um, that the missionaries and the, and the church bodies like take take a Gloria from one liturgy and a Song to Song Day from another one. Because there are certain things in the musical vocabulary in Central and Western Africa that don't correspond to Western European music so much. I don't want to get too far in the weeds on this because we're really low on time. But um, but you have those kind of choices. Um, can I can I say this really really okay? Because we're talking about the importance of this. Because I want I want to go back to the whole missional aspect of because um, Sarah asked about you know what is important about this. Because I do have this question uh, asked of me, well, don't they have their own music? And I've talked about why they want to sing this, but I, I want to just get to the heart of this. Uh, the church's song is a radical witness to the world. Steve Martin has this delightful little song called Atheists Ain't Got No Songs. <laughs> Google it up, okay? It's, but really, Christians sing. Uh, Psalm 40, verse 3, he put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Um, Paul knew this. I think that's why he gives those instructions. We don't have a lot of instructions, but yeah, you know, sing, build each other up. Eric Little knew this, uh, Chariots of Fire, the, mm-hmm. um, the British uh, athlete known as the Flying Scotsman. He laid down his athletic career at the height of his athletic career. And he went back to the mission field where he grew up in China. And it was a bit of a controversial thing, you know, how, you know, is he doing this? But then, you know, people kind of got behind him, especially the Christians. And, and, and when he was heading back to China, getting ready to get on the ship, there was a huge procession. All this big crowd gathered. And a young man asked him, can I go with you? And Eric Little's response was, will you sing? Will you sing? That's the radical witness of the church. And um, so... You know, people like to say the Lutheran Church is a singing church. I like to say the Christian Church is a singing church. There are so many more questions that I have. So have me back. We'll schedule <laughs> at least three more hours worth. I, well, just talking about what what makes a hymn uh, cross cultural. We, we need to dig into that and um, just what role music has in in American culture versus the cultures you're teaching in in Africa. Mm-hmm. Oh, so many questions and we're all out of time. One last piece we're going to play on the way out. Yes. Um, tell us a little bit about this piece. A great example of how a good melody and a good hymn is just cross-cultural. So, yes, they take hymns and texts and make them their own. We can talk about that and some of the work I do. But if it's, if it's a really good hymn, great melody, great text, they just embrace it. So here is now All the Vault of Heaven Resounds en Francais. Thank you so much for being with us on the Coffee Hour today, Phil. Mon plaisir. And you can follow Phil on and, and your missionary work, lcms.org slash Magnus. Forward slash Magnus. Very good. Thank you so much for being here. guest. M-A-G-N-E-S-S. Avant que l'aube